Welcome to Unscripted, your weekly podcast featuring Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie, where they talk about all things promotional, marketing, and branding. As always, it's brought to you by Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to this week's episode of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, is good time player man, the king of Coshocton, Ohio, the master of all he surveys, one Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you? I am magically delicious, Bill. I'm doing fantastic. You? Well, you say magically delicious, and now it's conjuring up lucky <laughs> charms. Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm actually doing really well. Had a great weekend. Hope you did as well. Yeah. It was very nice here in Nashville for a good half of the weekend, and I was able to go outside and uh, fire up the smoker, which nice. I like to do. I know you and did. I was able to uh, smoke a tri-tip, which is one of my favorite things to smoke. And But as you can imagine, those are a little hot coming out of the smoker, or the tri-tip's hot when it comes out of the smoker. So you know what I did? What would you do? I use item K231 from the good people of Bay State, the Thermagrip silicone oven mitt, because that kept my hands nice and cool as I held a hot piece of meat. Insert your own joke there. <laughs> as I held a hot piece of meat, taking it out of the smoker and sliced it up for my family. So I got to tell you, it's a great product. It, it keeps your hands safe up to about 400 degrees. So it's really a good kitchen product. Great imprint area. Again, item K231 from the good people at Bay State. Well done, my friend. And I, I know they can find more information at baystate.com, right? You know what? That is the best place for them to find information. And uh, so it, we today is kind of a – we're saying goodbye to Bay State or, or, or maybe so long, just for a little while, as we do welcome in a new sponsor next week. We're, we're not going to share that. It's a tease. We thought we were going to do it this week, but have to get a couple other things ready. But we're going to have a new sponsor next week, and, and we're, we're as excited about that new sponsor as we are excited about the good people of Bay State and their – Kind sponsorship of this fine program. Absolutely. Good folks over there. Cool, man. Well, hey, um, do you have a topic or do you want me to start? You know, um, I'll go ahead and start. All right. And it's it's a branding, uh, a branding topic and a sports topic. So Ooh, like near and dear to both our hearts. So the NFL vo- uh, owners voted uh, yeah. Monday to – allow the Oakland Raiders, the greatness of the Raiders, to relocate their franchise to Las Vegas, Nevada. So they are going from the sixth largest media market in the San Francisco, Oakland metropolitan area to the 40th largest media market. Okay. Get totally understand it's just a business and sports franchises move move from time to time and i also know that oakland has not really stepped up in trying to get them a new stadium I mean, they played in that crap hole that they share with the oakland days for quite a long time i mm. think it, it's formerly the oakland alameda coliseum i don't know who's the sponsorship of that place right now so i don't have an issue with sports franchises moving nobody likes it but it's a reality of, of where we are in time and place Here's the challenge I've got. Okay. I think I think that the as part of the uh, decision to move, the NFL should make the Raiders leave the colors, hmm. the mascot, and the logo in the city where they originated. And let me tell you why, and then I'd like your opinion on this. 
you know, the, the Cardinals started off in Chicago, couldn't uh, couldn't really hang in competition with the Chicago Bears. So they moved to St. Louis, and they were St. Louis Cardinals for years and years and years and years. And then I think about what, 25 or yeah, about 25 years ago, they moved out to uh, Arizona. So now they're the Arizona Cardinals. There are no Cardinals in Arizona. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Yep. Um, the uh, Utah Jazz started right. off as the New Orleans Jazz. That makes sense. I'm not saying there's no jazz in Utah, but I am saying it's not a place known for its jazz. Right. When Cleveland, the first Cleveland franchise moved, and I think that was what 1994. You you, you live in Cleveland, yeah. so or in the in the greater Ohio area. They left the colors. They left the colors. They left the brand. They yep. left the name. They left everything and became the Ravens of Baltimore. Yep. So that when a franchise, some when the NFL expanded and brought a franchise back to the good people of Cleveland, they were able to restart that history and, mm. and not lose those classically horrific uniforms. But that's beside the point. What do you do? You think that the NFL or the Oakland Raiders is going to hurt its brand by becoming the Las Vegas Raiders? That's a that's a super interesting. I've never given this any thought, Bill. So that's. It's a really interesting topic. Um, Shows you how much time I've got on my answer. <laughs> yes, right. It, it, the Browns um, and the Ravens were – that's a really good example and certainly one that's near and dear to my heart. I, it was interesting because that was when Art Modell left Cleveland over, you know, and went to there. I think it, it did make sense, right? I think Baltimore got their own team. I mean, they – you know, it's one of those things where they stole the Browns per se, but they with the rebranding of it, they were able to build something from themselves. The Ravens make sense in Baltimore, all that sort of thing. And you're right. It does allow for a replant of the Cleveland Browns. Whether they should have done that is a separate discussion. Um, right. The only thing I'd say is a lot of the the uh, mascots don't make sense. I, I don't, I'm not sure the Raiders don't make sense in Las Vegas. I think they kind of do. And I think that if they were moving anywhere, Las Vegas sort of made sense to me. And I think partially because of that mascot, because they were the renegades of the NFL in a way. Um, I think that's actually one of the reasons they're, you know, obviously people in Oakland and, and Raider fans are pissed about it. But I think nationally there's not nearly as much outrage as there has been in the past when teams have moved because everybody's like, uh, I kind of get it. So, um, because, and I guess that sort of goes to your point. A lot of times yeah. when you move cities, it doesn't fit. Um, in in so, this case, in know. this case, it does sort of fit. I'm not going to argue with that, yeah, but I, I do feel bad for the people of, of Oakland who are fans. I think of, um, uh, good friend, Sam Cabert, good friend of the program who yeah. listens all the time. And, you know, he's a Raider fan and, and I'm not sure he's going to all of a sudden fly to Las Vegas to see games. Right. I'm not sure how they're going to see out of market games unless they have direct TV and the NFL Sunday ticket. I guess my point is sports franchises are going to move. It's, it's look, it's there. It's the owner's toy. It's Mark Davis's toy. And he's going to play with it how he wants, and he should. This is the United States of America last time I checked, so do what you want. But I do think the NFL as a private entity would help their own branding by forcing the Raiders to become a different name, a different uh, a different mascot. They could be the Bandits. They could be a whole bunch of things that are, are more ubiquitous with uh, uh, Las Vegas, the Rattlers. They could be – I mean there's a lot of things they could be. 
And no, the Raiders aren't necessarily, uh, you know, you don't think of a Raider and all suddenly think of Oakland. Um, but I do think at this point, those two do go hand in hand. Now, I'm sure some people are saying, well, hell, Bill, they moved to Los Angeles for 20 years and they were the Los Angeles Raiders. You're right. They shouldn't have been the Los Angeles Raiders. You're right. They should have been the Los Angeles something else's when they moved. And then when they went back to Oakland, that's when they pick up the the Raiders name again. I, I just I just really think they do damage to their own branding yeah. when they yeah. allow this type of, of willy-nilly. That's right. I am using the term <laughs> willy-nilly today, people. When they allow this willy-nilly movement of franchises, not so much the franchises, but the name, the mascot, and the colors. Yeah. No, that's – I'll be honest with you. I can't argue it. It's really interesting. And because the Browns came back as the Cleveland Browns, um, you know, I think this is near and dear to my heart a little bit because, gosh, I'm – you know – Despite the fact that it it's been a train wreck, uh, it was exciting because it was like the team came back. The, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. The brand, everything came back. Well, the brand came back. The the, the colors came back. The people came back, and I think most exciting for everybody, the long track record of really shitty football came back too. So. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. You know, I, hey. I support the I support the Cowboys when they're doing well. Hey, if you open the door, yeah, I'm not going to respect myself and our listeners are not going to respect me if I don't walk through it. So that's just the way it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Kirby. I think we've beaten that horse to its death point. That was a good one, though. I like that. Um, what kind of topic do you have for us? Okay, so here's one. It's a sort of a philosophical. I think people in the industry, people who listen to this will appreciate it. So we've all had this happen, I think, but here lately I've had it happen, you know, several times and I'm just curious to see your advice and then anybody else's advice. So I've had it in, because we position ourselves as marketers, hopefully all of us do. I certainly do here. Um, people will come to us and say, Hey, we want you to help us create a marketing campaign. And so we've had several times here lately where we spend we say okay great and you know these are usually current clients or people honestly who've reached out to us prospects but they've come to us and said hey we want you to help us do this and so we spend as as you like to say we burn the calories the mental calories to create a campaign to create sort of the design do you know kind of the whole thing and then we go to them and say here's you know here's what we think you should do here's how you should implement it blah 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 and then the person on the other side of the table starts saying, well, you know, we don't like the look of this and we don't want this. And, you know, we want to tweak the language on that. And when I say tweak, I mean, totally change. And you get to a thing and you're sitting on the other side of the table going, well, why'd you call me? Like you asked for my opinion. I gave it to you. And now you're saying, no, it's wrong. And and I think there's a challenge between saying, well, hey, man, it, uh, you're the customer and you're always right and saying, well, you hired us to be your consultant. So I need to tell you you're wrong. Right. Um, right. And I always I, I always struggle between it's like, well, I need to be the consultant, but then I also want to make sure there's not pride of authorship and ego involved. Right. That I'm not like so in love with my own ideas that I can't see their feedback. So I, I wanted to see what you had thought about that. I mean, I'm considering the ideas and start charging for the consultation. I'm just, I'm curious to know what you and everybody else thinks about that concept. I I think you hit the nail on the proverbial head a little bit. You have to take your own ego out of it. And I struggle with it too. um, And that pride of authorship, I think number one, you have to take that out. 
when, when I've done things like this, and obviously I did a lot of it uh, when I was running Brand Debate, right. um, the, the, the challenge is I think a lot of people who at least consulted or you know, hired me as a consultant had a hard time starting things. Mm. And, and I think that's one of the hardest things to do. What, is it, what do they always say? The, the first step in any journey is always the hardest. So I always looked at that initial document where I would make recommendations um, as that first step, knowing that they're not going to like how A is presented or B is written or disagree with you know the direction I might want to take a brand in. Um, and, and it's hard because there's part of me that goes, you're so wrong and you don't know what you're talking about. But then I always take a step back and think, you know, maybe I'm the one who doesn't know what they're talking about. I know it from a big picture view, but they know their business better than I do. They're always going to know their business better than I do. And maybe they just really need someone to kick off that, that project and start it off and allow for that feedback to come back to me. Now, what I will say is when I, when I do something like that, I only allowed a certain number of revisions before I charge again. Yeah. So, so I would not charge for the, you know, again, we're talking about a little different thing here. So you're talking about, you know, consultation where you're presenting some, I assume, some branded merchandise ideas and things like that. I think that's a hard thing to charge for. But if you're talking about writing something yeah. and delivering copy and things like that, I, I do think you, you know, here's what the cost is. The cost is X. And that includes one, two, three revisions because right. at some point you have to say you know what i've delivered what you asked for now pay me the money yeah yeah it's interesting i it's, it's just funny though like and, and again this is where i say that i need to leave my ego out and i know you're telling me i need to leave my ego out but i always get a kick out of it because it's one of those things where you don't go to a doctor and then are like look i know that you said to cut out sugar but all of my family has agreed we like it and right. so, you know, because the thing we've been doing is not working, we came to a doctor and then we t the doctor tells us what to do and we say, nah, we don't want to do that. Well, um, I think it's I think harder it's in, in, in the area we live, in the branding and marketing areas, because especially when it comes to brands, people are very close to them. Right. And so, you know, I've been in certain situations where I've had to be critical of a client's brand, say your brand is confusing yeah, and it doesn't make sense to your target audience. It doesn't matter what you think it is. It matters what your target audience thinks of it. So I, I when I've come across that type of situation, you know, of course, I'm not going to challenge an auto mechanic or a doctor the way you, you're, you know, I would challenge a marketer, right? Because I, because the problem is people know, they think they know a lot about marketing and some people really do know a lot about marketing and branding and all that. So, the way I would mitigate that, Kirby, is to try to have, have them pause. Look, I know you like this, and that's great, but have you given a thought to how this is perceived in your target marketplace? Right. What emotions does this elicit when people see it, read it, experience it? That's what really cares. Right. I mean, that's what really matters. You know, that's, that's, that's what really matters in this. It's not what you think, Mr. Customer. It's what your, your audience think it is. Okay. And I think our industry, you know, again, I, I look at a lot of the, the distributors when I walk up and down a show floor and I see the names on a lot of the, uh, the badges. And I think, my God, I, I know you're in love with that brand. <laughs> Don't know why, but you will clearly are. 
I can't think any of your clients who aren't, you know, small potatoes, $200 your customers who wouldn't think that's anything but ridiculously cutesy. Yeah. No, yeah. It's again, I think it's this is one of those challenging ones because I we actually talked about it today at the office because I'm like Okay, I want to walk the fine line because I want to continue to be customer service friendly. I want to be um, all the things that we have historically been. But then there is a part at which, the, the, gosh, we're being taken advantage of. And it, honestly, I mean, branded mar- merchandise is a little easier. Um, but like I'm talking about, you know, flyers and design work and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, we're we really got to start billing you for things because you're changing stuff because I haven't put a value on it. And so and I think I think that's how you limit it, right? You say, I'm going to do this, but understand that we can do two revisions and then that's it, you know, because, you know, they have to take they have to take a little bit of taste out of it as well. They have to think uh, they have to be led to believe, led to think that I'm engaging with an expert here. So I may not like what this person has to say, but I have to take it at face value. Yep. I like it. That's cool, man. All right. You have a topic? Yeah. I do. I do. Um, so someone had, had emailed me who will remain nameless and kind of was, was riffing on thoughts about suppliers using the boost function in Facebook. So, okay. you know, it's if Facebook a few years ago. If you liked the company page, you were almost guaranteed to, see what, guaranteed to see whatever content they threw out there. And that's no longer the case. You know, sure. Facebook changes their algorithms hourly probably but <laughs> they certainly change them a lot do you think when a supplier in the promotional products industry uses the boost function on facebook does it does it is it offensive does it get your attention do you not think anything about it mm. and, and i'll tell you real quick while you're formulating your answer mm-hmm. i use the boost function Fairly regularly yeah, at Brandvay, sure. and I probably will again here at Promo Corner for specific things. But I use it at Brandvay. If there was something I wanted to get across, whether it was a blog post or maybe I wanted to highlight a service or maybe I wanted to get some speaking gigs or whatever, I absolutely would pay to boost something. I didn't feel like I was offending anybody because they can scroll past that just sure. like they can scroll through everybody's political rants on Facebook. <laughs> right. Um, I do think it helped get uh, engagement. I, I can't say I can specifically tie specific uh, clients to that, but I do. I, I didn't think it was offensive, and I do think it got some people's attention because it showed up in their feed often enough. What do you think? Well, I, yeah, I actually have a fairly strong opinion about this. Uh, so, first of all, Facebook changed the rhythm and, or the algorithm. Everybody bitched about that, and I just thought that was sort of funny to me um, because. This is one of those topics where everybody thinks like a marketer as opposed to a consumer of Facebook. Because Correct. had they not changed it, all we would all of us would see is ads. That's all yep. we would see on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so we'd stop going there because it would be annoying. So Facebook had to do that, and I actually thank them for it. So that's I, I just think that's a silly thing. The idea well, it also can okay, I jump in real quick? Sure. Also, let's remember Facebook is providing the service for free. Yeah. So as a consumer, shut up. 
Yeah. You're getting well, it for free. Well, and again, if you don't like it, you have the ability to go to another platform or no platform at all. So they have made it better for the consumer. I, it's exactly. smart business. I have zero My, MySpace is still around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But continue, please. Yeah, so the other piece of that is then, you know, of course, Facebook was going to figure out a way to create revenue. And this is a way that makes sense. Now, um, there's dark posts there. We can dive into the minutia of advertising on Facebook, but boosted posts isn't offensive at all. Now, the... It, so essentially, and again, I, I don't have access right in front of me to the numbers, but essentially the way it works is, and you know this, but um, that just a small percentage of the people who actually like your page organically see your post. Correct. Unless it's really engaging, unless like those people all like, comment, share, whatever, then Facebook will naturally show it to more people because the algorithm tells them that it's an interesting post. And Facebook doesn't give a shit what they show you as long as it's interesting. By boosting it, and where it makes the most sense is just to boost things that are interesting because then it will be liked, commented, shared by more people, thereby, you know what I mean? Like it becomes mm -hmm. a little bit of a snowball. And so no, A, I don't think it's offensive at all. I think it's just smart business. And uh, yeah, if you're strategic about it, then it's a really cost-effective way to to reach your customers. Yeah, and, and just to, I, I remember some of the stats, but there something along the lines of you know for for a ten dollar boost or twenty dollar boost over the course of two days, my post a post I would put up would be organically seen by let's say one hundred ninety people ish. Yep. Um, and the paid reach was something close to about twelve hundred. Right. So it pretty and obviously I can't really audit those numbers, and of course Facebook wants me to see those numbers, so I'll spend more money, but. I do take them at face value. So I, I agree with you. I don't think it's offensive. I think another topic, and probably for another day, is it effective? Yeah. Does well, it again, cause think, you to do anything? So, so a couple things. Like, and again, that's where like you get you get to see whether or not the eyeballs saw it, because I think that's what we fall in love with is the number, wow, thousand people saw this post. But you gotta dig into the minutiae of it to see, okay, how many clicked, how many, you know, whatever. Right. Um, no, I, I've done that too. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a thing that you you gotta try audit inspect retry and so yeah. yeah so i i just it goes you you've heard me say this before bill just because a business has done it and it hasn't worked doesn't mean that facebook doesn't work it means that that's they're correct. not good at it so that, that is correct that is correct so that's my two cents on that bro that's <laughs> and awesome and we, we are have time? Yeah, we, are we, can do, time? we are at 21, 22 minutes, bro. So if we can do something I, else, we can. But. I, got a, I got a quick one. You okay. want to do a real quick one? Yeah, for sure. So I, I have gotten sucked in. I love technology. I, I, I get sucked into a couple things. Like I have probably 30 different Bluetooth speakers. I love Bluetooth speakers. <laughs> and I just added my 31st. <laughs> um, but this one I actually paid for. I did not get it through. It is not, a, it is not an industry product. I got myself an Amazon Echo. Oh, okay. And I love this thing. Okay. I got to be honest with you. In fact, it just heard me say its name because my son has one called Alexa, and I can't use Alexa because it just starts to compete, so I call my Echo. But uh, I got to tell you, it's pretty cool in the way it can integrate with my calendar so I can ask it what my day looks like or the weather. I mean, it's really, really interesting. So I have to say this is one of my favorite pieces of technology over the last few years. What is your favorite technology of the past couple of years? Favorite new technology of the past couple of years? Wow. Okay. That's a good one. 
And it, this may be one of those things I come back to you next week on and be like, oh, I can't believe I didn't think of this. Uh, but honestly, I think that really I was probably a little bit of a late arriver to Bluetooth speakers, um, uh, whether they were just earbuds or the, the big uh, over-the-ear, so the ones from Origadio or one from Beats by Dre or whoever. Um, just a ba- I know that's sort of basic, but right off the top right. of my head, uh, for all the running and different stuff I do, the mm-hmm. – just the wireless earbuds, those are yep. awesome. I love those. Yeah, wireless earbuds are great. And and now they're, you know, we have some suppliers because of the iPhone yep. 7 not having that three and a half millimeter uh, jack or coming out with two wireless earbuds. And I know Origadio has a couple really nice ones. And we're not shilling for Origadio, but I mean, they, they have some really good products in, in that space, uh, the, yep. the true wireless earbuds. Well, I think we're at it here. And yeah, so I've awesome, got to, I've got to wrap this up. I've got to go cook dinner because that's something I like to do. And and you can bet, Kirby, I'm going to have my Thermagrip silicone oven mitts item number K231 from the good people at Bay State because I'm not going to burn my hands on that glass platter when I pull out the baked chicken tonight. Absolutely not going to happen because those oven mitts are going to save my ass as well as they are my hands. So <laughs> if you're interested in high-quality kitchen promotional products, there's no place – Better to go than baystate.com. Absolutely. You should check it out. And like he said, I mean, of course, you've got the oven mitt, but you've got all kinds of other awesome kitchen products as well. You absolutely do. Well, Kirby, always a pleasure to do this with you. Again, thank you for having the courage, which I forgot to thank you earlier in the <laughs> podcast to do. So uh, I think that will conclude our podcast for today. Thanks, man. Talk to you next time. Once again, thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Phil Petrie. As always, brought to you by the good people at Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals.